Hello, Journeyers. Welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for being on the journey with us. All right. What are we talking about today? We're talking about beginner's mind. Beginner's mind. This is like something we're always referring to. So maybe this will be helpful just to go deep into beginner's mind. That's what I was thinking. I'm going to read Shenru Suzuki's, one of his quotes. Right. And Shenru Suzuki was one of the first Japanese Zen masters to come over to America and teach Westerners in his book, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, was kind of one of the main books to read in Zen Buddhism. Mm -hmm. So he says, if your mind is empty, it's always ready for anything. It's open to everything. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. Pretty good. That is just amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Shenru Suzuki's genius is the distilling of this information into these really cool paradoxical yet profound statements yeah exactly that's what's so fun about zen is they really lean into the paradox and we certainly live in a society that venerates the expert that's all about your education level your income level your experience level it's like comparing yourself to the joneses yeah success is measured by outward appearances Mm -hmm. status expert status Mm-hmm. wealth status, socioeconomic status, all of that. Right. Yes. Yeah, so it's nice to reimagine all of that and to see it through a fresh perspective. And of course, in the horse world, man, do we see this a lot. There's just a lot of, I think, insecurity in the horse world because it is a world full of status. The horse world requires a certain level of resources to even have horses and to be able to trailer them around and compete and all that stuff. That looks like time, money, (laughs) access privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of privilege in the horse world. Then on top of that, we've got, you know, a thousand plus pound animal that communicates on a different level than humans do. And there's a lot of misinformation, disinformation and confusion out there as to how to tap into that communication. So if you don't really know what's going on, you get nervous and anxiety. And if you're trying to maintain that high level of status and that feed your ego type vibe, you're not going to want to show people that you really don't know what to do. Exactly. Yuki's quote is really all about mindfulness, right? Being aware and present in the moment. And we talk about mindfulness a lot as a tool to really communicating with your horse and having a better relationship with your horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a feeling uh, Suzuki would have gotten along really well with horses. Yeah, that would actually be some interesting research uh, to see if maybe there were horses in his world. The idea of mindfulness as a concept, it's great staying in the moment and staying energetically present and all of that is helpful, but I think it's noteworthy that mindfulness also actually regulates our nervous system. And when our nervous system is regulated, we stay calm, we stay relaxed. Our body is free of tension. Okay. When our body is free of tension, we are much better at handling our horses. Mm-hmm. We are much better at riding our horses. Mm-hmm. This stuff works philosophically. It works psychologically, but it also works physiologically. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, it's the holistic model. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so trailer loading is a great example of where mindfulness tends to leave the building. Zen and the art of trailer loading. This is on my mind a lot right I now. Have to because write that book. I know. Yeah. <laughs> because so many students that we work with 
so many folks we encounter that aren't our students have issues with trailer loading, with hauling. Pretty much everybody, it seems. Mm -hmm. And it's rightfully so. I mean, if you think about what we're doing, we're asking a thousand pound prey animal to get into a metal box yeah with no way out right and be all <laughs> relaxed and cool about it right and then we get them in the box we close the doors so they're like in darkness <laughs> mm -hmm. in a predator cave so to speak i mean it goes against i think everything their intuition probably horses intuition probably tells them is how things should be going mm-hmm I would say we take it for granted a lot of times mm -hmm. that a horse will get in the trailer. We just think of trailer loading and hauling our horse as something that has to be done to do the other thing that we want to do. Get to the horse show, get to our lesson, get to the veterinarian office. Mm. So Just a means to an end. Right. But and instead of thinking of it more of like, whoa, this is a marvel. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's a beginner's mind reframe right there. That's a reframe. Just witnessing that something is really unique and marvelous and just being curious. Trailer loading, for example, just to kind of keep riffing on trailer loading as an example. I think it's a like a top 10 issue for people with their horses. Yeah, easily. Maybe top five. Maybe. What's so interesting about it is I run across a lot of students who have not had issues with it for a long time, for years with a horse. Okay. And all of a sudden, one day, a horse that's jumped into the trailer with no issues mm. 600 times and regularly one day says no. And it's kind of a straw that broke the camel's back like scenario. Yeah. Right. So it's not necessarily a beginner's problem. And so I think that's worth looking at because we tend to just, again, that taking for granted, that being unaware of how our horse is thinking and feeling and how we're asking our horse to do this thing, getting in the trailer, can lead to all of a sudden one day we're like, he won't get in the trailer, just all of a sudden. Chances are that's not the case. Chances are the horse has been telling you for weeks and weeks and weeks, many loading sessions, I would not like to get in this trailer now, please. Mm -hmm. And we ignored it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Which is another reason the art of mindfulness is so powerful with horses because it enables you to stay curious and have that fresh beginner's mind. So you naturally just will see things that you didn't really see before. And that's a big principle in horse training is that so many things are happening that we're just not seeing. Like a horse doesn't usually just do something out of the blue. There's usually a million micro clues leading up to it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Don't mind me. I've got a fly kinda... attacking me. Okay. That's what, when you do a podcast in the tack room, that's what happens. Yeah, it's, it's summer. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just more on that. I think you're totally right on. And, and I think it's the preconceived notions that we have about what needs to happen yeah. creates this, this scenario where we lose our ability to see the situation from the horse's perspective. As people who help other people with horses, it's incredible hearing the stories. I mean, they'll have a very long, detailed, story about why the horse is doing what they're doing and it's really often clear within the first half a sentence that it probably has nothing to do with what's actually going on exactly because mm -hmm. often the story is all from the human's perspective yeah. and, re and, it's and way does... more complicated than what's really <laughs> happening <laughs> yeah and that but that's the good news good mm -hmm. that it's not complicated yeah. we're all about removing tension from your horse life 
Mm-hmm. Simplifying things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're simple people. We like things simple. <laughs> Very simple. Mm-hmm. Life is hard enough. We don't need to add add to it with mm-hmm. all these old story and judgments about what's going on. And that's where we can really learn from our horse. Yeah. This is all part of beginner's mind. And so the reframe, if you wanted to have a beginner's mind when your horse doesn't load, it's like, whoa, the horse is going to get in the trailer. That's amazing. Yeah, totally. Actually, a friend of ours on the East Coast we were just talking to, she's not, (laughs) she's a city person, but because she knows us, she kind of thinks about horses now, and she was at a gas station, and she saw a lady with a horse trailer, and she was just shocked. She was like, I couldn't believe it. This girl was, like, driving these horses down the road. They were kind of sticking their nose out the window, and they were just in this trailer. Like, I can't believe you guys just drive these horses down the road in a trailer. It was so So. great. That was a perfect (laughs) example. Perfect example, and it is pretty weird weird when you think about it. Right. And so having that sort of amazement around it and that sort of wonderment, it creates a level of curiosity. It creates a level of reverence for the situation that changes the tone. And because it's partly physiological, just that alone will help your horse stay more relaxed because your physiology kicks down a notch. Moving along to the horse trailer loading incident that's happening. The horse doesn't want to get in the trailer. Recently seeing this happen at other barns that we train at, there was a horse not getting in the trailer and he was called all sorts of names by the people trying to get him in the trailer. That's rude. Right? He was, he was like, he was called all sorts of things. And, you know, the beginner's mind reframe would be, what is the horse's body language and facial expressions and energy telling me right now about how to help him get in the trailer Mm -hmm. instead of being pissed off at the horse and creating more tension and more energy around the fact he's not getting in the trailer taking a step back again evoking that curiosity investigating what's going on trying to gather data based on what the horse is saying is going to be far more effective than using expletives and you know Mm -hmm. whacking on the horse yeah that will not help and yeah beginner's mind is like a fertile ground for empathy which helps you be curious look around and you might just see what's going on and then they can very quickly and effortlessly pinpoint it and fix it a lot of great trainers people just think they're magical and it's really just because they happen to see the one detail that's actually happening and then they're able to execute their timing at just the right moment because they saw exactly the thing that needed to be seen it really is as simple as that yeah a lot of times when i go to help somebody especially somebody that i maybe don't know their horse well i can pick up up on it really quick more so than like maybe my own horses at home that I've been working on stuff with because I'm just like so in it with them so you you notice a more beginner's mind because you don't know the horse Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm -hmm. which which in turn is actually makes me seem like I'm more effective wow which it's just beginner's mind. Nice secret. Most trainers probably wouldn't admit that. I, it's right. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. The horse trailer and loading my horse in the trailer is actually an opportunity to really build my relationship Ooh. with my horse. Like I think of corporate workshops in which they're building teams and they've got those trust fall exercises. Right. To me, the fact that 
a horse will get into a horse trailer at a human's directive is the equivalence of a trust fall. When you start looking at like that, it's like, this is amazing. This is an opportunity to really hmm. get some stuff cemented in okay. my relationship with my horse that will serve me in sticky situations down the road. Yeah, that's a great example. And imagine if somebody is like genuinely terrified to do the thing and everybody's like, oh my God, what a jerk. I can't believe he's doing that. Somebody grab a rope and a whip. It's like the stuff we put our horses through is kind of funny maybe not funny haha it's just backwards it's, com- it's right. like 180 degrees wrong the positive reframe on that is the right thing is actually so much easier it takes very little effort you just have to have a curious beginner's mind yeah so how can i use the trailer loading experience to actually enhance my relationship with my horse mm-hmm. that that's the question to be asking suzuki says whether you have a problem in your life or not depends on your own understanding oh yeah <laughs> i know it's like that's kind of like ouch maybe the problem isn't the horse's problem yeah and so reframing the issue readjusting your attitude might just even dissolve the problem. Like it's not a problem. It's actually like an opportunity to build this relationship. It's an opportunity to get to know each other more. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity to become a better horse trainer, a better Mm -hmm. horse person. That takes going deeper. It does. It, you can't just like want to get the horse in the trailer. Right. Yeah. Which is what a, you know, what a lot of people end up just sticking with, but you can't start the reframing the morning of your trailer loading experience. You can't just Mm. like 30 minutes before you got to be to your vet appointment or your lesson decide that you're going to change how you do it. Practicing daily, making this part of just how you work with your horse in general is a more substantive way to approach it. Okay. I'm going to be more effective. It's like Warwick Schiller's quote, get the tool before you need the tool. Yeah, build the tool tool. before you need the tool. And I don't have a cool Australian accent. If you are going to go out and have a beginner's mind and you go to get your horse in the trailer and the horse says no, and maybe the horse does something a little fractious or a little scary and your nervous system gets activated, all of a sudden now you're in sort of the activated nervous system situation in which your horse is going to respond to. Negative feedback loop. Exactly. Exactly. So practicing ahead of time. So you've got a little bit of a foundation so you can keep your nervous system regulated when your horse says no, when things don't go Mm. perfectly is going to be helpful. I just remembered another saying, you need the map before you go into the woods. That's a good one. That's basically, yeah, the tool before you need a tool. Remember, you can apply the same principles of beginner's mind onto yourself. It's a form of self-compassion. If you show up and you're like, okay, I meditated this morning. I did my breath work. I'm not in a hurry. And your horse is still not getting in the trailer. And you're like, okay, these guys told me to have beginner's mind to stay curious and to regulate everything, but it's not working. And then you start getting worked up. You know, you feel your sweat forming and people are maybe watching. You're getting embarrassed. All the stuff that happens. Look at yourself. Look at your own reactions through the beginner's mind. Mm. Just be curious be like huh i wonder why i'm so nervous right now why am i so disappointed why am i freaked out right now just ask yourself the question sometimes just asking Mm -hmm. helps and ask in a tone like how you would ask a friend like Mm, yeah that's good you know why am i feeling like this maybe i should take a step back and take a breath maybe i should get a drink of water maybe i should stop for a second reset i mean those are all things that a good friend would say to you if they would you do for your own friend right if they saw you struggling do it for yourself (laughs) and then you know doing this in the moment 
for the first time, if you have a time constraint, just that time constraint, just the pressure of like being late Mm -hmm. is going to add to the issue, whether you want it to or not, no matter how hard you try. Yeah. Want to really try to get there an hour early. Yeah, it's one of my pet peeves when students show up late and all freaked out about it. It's fine mm-hmm. to show up late, but like just embrace showing up late. Right. Like, like we're not going to just radically accept that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's helpful because otherwise it's stressful for your horse, stressful for you. And I think it ultimately takes more time to kind of get into the meat of the lesson because we're all activated at that point. Yeah. And then arguably you may never get to the meat exactly. of the lesson, even if you do your whole lesson. It's kind of like if you're practicing something but you practice wrong it would be better not to practice at all Mm because then you have to unlearn the thing you learned Mm -hmm. and if you're working with your horse in an activated state you're probably teaching them the wrong thing so Mm -hmm. or come to that with the mindset like i'm activated i'm late i'm a little freaked out Mm -hmm. and let go of the expectations for the outcome of that lesson and just meet yourself your trainer your instructor your horse where you're at in that moment and see where you can get to from that place. But I have to lope and I have to work on my flying lead changes this lesson. Exactly. I'm paying for this. I got a show in two weeks. I don't have my lead change down. Not going to work out. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you got there and instead just said, hey, I'm late and kind of activated. I'm just going to spend pretty much the whole time just grooming and trying to like see if I can get calmed down. And then maybe we could just do a little groundwork because I just don't think I should get in the saddle. I don't want to feel rushed. That's powerful. That would be pretty cool. That would be very, very cool. I would be impressed. So another cool Suzuki saying. Okay, I love this. I'm always just quoting his simple in the beginner's mind are many possibilities and the expert mind are few because that's all I can remember. But now we're getting to see like the context on all of Suzuki's Mm -hmm. teachings, which is really cool. Oh, I mean, it's so fun to read his stuff. I highly recommend (laughs) just like it's a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Everybody should get his book. Your mind just mind blown, mind blown, mind blown, mind blown. (laughs) Every you're like, what? Every paragraph. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Here's a quote about how to work with others. I'm going to need to read it. Mm -hmm. To give your sheep or cow a large, spacious meadow is the way to control him. So it is with people. First, let them do what they want and watch them. This is the best policy. To ignore them is not good. This is the worst policy. The second worst is trying to control them. The best one is to watch them just to watch them without trying to control them. I was just thinking about how that relates to parenting. Yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, I can't go there. I'm like, I'm getting, I'm getting, I need to like meditate. I'm getting anxious just thinking about that. (laughs) Working with our horses has a lot of parenting parallels. It sure does. <laughs> yeah. mm. But Tom Dorrance has a quote where he says, first we go with the horse. Ah, uh, yes. Then the horse goes with us. Then we go together. I love that. And I think that ties into this passage from Suzuki's work. Because, again, it's like, first you just have to notice what the horse is doing. Mm-hmm. To just go with the horse. Be willing to be with the horse. Mm-hmm. That's the equivalent of Suzuki's passage of giving them the large, spacious meadow and just watching them. And then they go with you. Then they will probably be attracted, magnetically attracted. And they exactly. go with you. And then you guys, you have like the mind meld and you go together. Yeah. 
Exactly. I mean, if Very you cool. if you have a horse that you can't catch, the best way to catch them is just to go out in the pen and just hang out and not like you want to catch them. Just go want to be with them mm-hmm. and observe them. Yeah, they can't help it. Their curiosity that will want to come see what the heck all you're all about. All of a sudden, about. the horse <laughs> comes to you and goes with you. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you're going together. So mm-hmm. I just love that our our cowboy whiz lines up with some of this eastern philosophy too it's pretty yeah cool. and it really does and i think like the horses themselves how they have a heart coherence or heart rate variability level that's on par with like really deep meditators like tibetan monks they've actually done research on that so tom dorrance i think he really organically just was a student of the horse he learned from the horse and here he is basically saying the exact same thing as a japanese zen master mm-hmm. because those lessons are just universal so it's a great example yeah it's it's cool stuff and so Perception-wise, there's a disconnect, though, I think, between being a beginner and being good with horses, especially just within the horse community. Oh, okay. Like perception? Yeah, there's, there's a stigma attached to being a beginner. Oh, okay. It goes back to the status. Right. It's the ego. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you don't want to be characterized as a beginner for something. Like, it's like Mm -hmm. not okay to be a beginner in the horse world. I feel like. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I felt that obviously in the horse world. I felt it in other places in my life too. And it's kind of like when you really want something bad and you have gotten into it. So maybe you're not a true beginner in the sense of you've been doing it for a while. You really want to be perceived as knowing what you're doing because you that's your goal you want to be good so and you want to be perceived as good so it's really hard when you're struggling we see that so much in many different levels where we can't really help people then because you're shut down to new information you're not willing to step back you're not willing to forfeit working on sliding stops because you're late to your lesson because you might just need to do groundwork the whole time. That's so true. Like we had a client who was talking about how great our journey program would be for beginners, not oh, for her. Right, right. Be- yet she can't get her horse in the trailer. It's like, I think we need to go back to some basics there. And when did becoming a beginner be the only time when you need to work on basics yeah. or seek more extensive knowledge? Yeah. I have a confession. I took me forever to learn how to do slip knots and we used to run a kids program (laughs) right so i was embarrassed to admit that i would get my slip knots backwards and usually i could figure it out if i did it a few times it's just like a dyslexia thing but i didn't want the kids to see that i wasn't getting it perfect every time because i was supposed to be the adult leader mm-hmm. so i had a little trick where i would be like who wants to show off their slip knot tying <laughs> skills and i would watch them do it and, and it was because I was embarrassed to admit <laughs> right. that I didn't know something, right. which is essentially not embracing beginner's mind. And there was another student in the journey who was a beginner, and I thought it was just awesome. They asked the best questions. Mm-hmm. You guarantee there are other people that have been writing 20 or 30 years in the program. 
I guarantee that they were learning from those yes. questions. Yes. I was learning from those questions. I was learning from those questions. Just having to see it and think about mm -hmm. it. Having newcomers really valuable because they bring so much to each journey. Mm -hmm. So I'm always hoping there's somebody new that's going to join. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It takes a lot of skill to work with horses and that can be learned. But at the end of the day, mindset is the most important thing so yeah 100 percent. well and there's so many little things that you forget that you ever even learned and there's so many things we see it with tacking up we see it with haltering obviously trailer loading i mean basically every step of the horsemanship journey there could be somebody who's quite skilled and doesn't really have a lot of problems but they're not putting the halter on in the most ideal way or they're not cinching their saddle correctly you know there's just little things mm -hmm. and, and those are missed opportunities for connection and even if they're not having problems or like scary issues or hang because of these moments that are missed, they're missing out on sort of the next level. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And if they're being like me with a slipknot, they're probably kind of embarrassed to admit like, hey, could you show me this? I never really quite learned this right. Mm -hmm. Or I noticed you do this differently. You know, what's up with that? Can mm -hmm. you teach me? Mm -hmm. So Yeah, totally. I think it was a bodywork client who said they were having issues with turning right on the second barrel oh, the horse yeah, kept dropping the shoulder right and you worked on the horse and really didn't find any physical issues for that no. so much it, it was more like foundational structural issues that really signaled that the horse needed to do some more gymnastics level work kind of mm -hmm. some basic dressage to build up their core strength mm -hmm. and work on collection as we gently made those recommendations it mm -hmm. was like a quick like i already work on basics once a week uh, Done. yeah this young lady shut it down i mean we, were, we had some pretty powerful exercises mm -hmm. that would have literally fixed her problem it really would have dedicated to mm -hmm. it yeah she would have started winning rather than being middle of the pack in her times but she she viewed it as kind of a digression, I think, from the level she right. had associated with herself being at, as we were saying. I guess on the surface, it does seem real basic, but it really isn't, you know? The real marrow the art is in the basic stuff, so. Those basics, when done in a beginner's mindset with a level of mindfulness, can be spectacularly beautiful and right. profound. Yeah, so. you can get lost in time. Everything feels connected and peaceful. We had an opportunity opportunity to see Dominique Barbier at his home facility, who's a great French classical dressage rider. Uh, he was known for his extremely enlightened horsemanship. And he's the maestri. He's the maestri. We bow at his feet. You know, <laughs> he's very, very good and very wonderful human being, too, we learned after visiting. Mm -hmm. But they rarely take their horses out of a walk. Their groundwork is the essence of what they do. So Yeah, but they can, they execute high school level movements with their horses so it's not that they're not attaining these high level advanced horsemanship ideals they mm -hmm. are the way they approach them the way they achieve them is through refining the foundational basics exactly which is so cool and I think when you do that, when you enter that state of beginner's mind, it's almost like the floor drops out from underneath you. It's like there becomes a limitless depth to even the most simple thing. 
it's kind of almost like a kaleidoscope too, maybe Ooh. where it's just like you're looking at the thing, but because you have this fresh perspective and beginner's mind and because there's so many variables to any moment, you know, you never right. know what's every moment is variable. The exercise might be the same in theory, but the variables are all different. So that kaleidoscope is always shifting. But of course, you have to be open to that. And you would think this kind of famous trainer with imported Lusitano stallions and the high pedigree of achievement in his life would just be out doing the most advanced stuff to show off all the time especially when he has an audience but no it was just like the most beautiful but it was elegant to watch it was Mm -hmm. like watching a dance and we just thought it was amazing yeah what i noticed is you could see the horses personalities you could see their souls you could see the connection in the writing that was elevated it was a whole nother level which was really inspiring just one more story about a client and this kind of goes back to the the ego stuff how it can sort of negatively affect you when you maybe add shame to it like you were Mm. talking about the not wanting to let the kids know you were you were a little fuzzy on the knots, which if you have mostly used cross ties and you haven't done a lot of tying your horses, people don't even do that very often. We had a, a student who got a new horse, fabulous horse, fabulous student. And I came to see her after it had been a a week or so after getting her new horse and we were going to do a lesson. And she was just like apologizing up and down about she hadn't even gotten out of the walk with her horse yet. She just hadn't Mm. even trotted and she should be loping by now. But she just wanted to work on her balance and make sure everything got started off on the right foot. But she knows she should have been doing more. And I just stopped her right there and I was so happy and thankful that she had stayed in the walk, Mm. had worked on her balance. She had worked on cementing the more relationship pieces that were so important to get things started off right with her new horse. Mm -hmm. The bummer was that she was beating herself up about it. Exactly. Yeah, she was doing the right thing but because of this kind of stigmatization of beginner-ville, she felt like she should be doing more and she was capable of doing more but Mm -hmm. she just actually I think was it knowing it was good to take time but in front of her teacher she felt like she needed to apologize for that mm-hmm. and just shows the power of societal conditioning to yeah. be the expert yeah mm-hmm. yeah to be pushing yourself is another yeah. one always pushing it, yeah. pushing yeah that striving yeah. achievement hustle right. yeah. does not work well with horses it does not Mm-mm. no yeah, they're operating on a different level yeah I think one of the secrets that embracing beginner's mind is that it really allows you to see and hear your horse for some people for the first time. Mm-hmm. It can be illuminating. It can be a little painful and surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to have self-compassion on yourself. Like if you realize you've been doing something wrong, mm-hmm. don't beat yourself up. It's just about how you move forward. Exactly. That's that non-judgmental acceptance. That's, you know, mindfulness is about being in the moment. But it's also about accepting the moment Mm. without attaching our stuff to it. Yeah, that's why we focus on this, because horses model the behavior. They're actually our greatest teachers in this. Even if you (laughs) were doing things wrong with your horse before, they will move forward with you however you choose to meet them. They're not going to hold a grudge. In other words, horses don't hold grudges, and they're not judgmental. So that's probably one of the reasons we like being around them so much. Exactly. (laughs) They mirror us. They can mirror our stuff that we don't really like to see. But on the flip side, they also mirror the 
stuff that we are wanting to get to when we're getting there. Mm-hmm. And that that's can right. be really awesome. And so... Yeah, that's a really powerful <laughs> point. Like, that's the thing, is they give us real-time feedback on these deep mindfulness principles. Like, you're either you're either there or you're not, and you'll get the feedback directly from your horse. So they're just like us. They like to be seen, and they like to be heard. And they recognize, as soon as you see that, they recognize it, and then suddenly you're connected. Mm-hmm. And that's how you build a relationship with horses. And at the end of the day, the crux of it all is we're trying to build a relationship with our horse so that we can build a partnership, so that we can dance together, whatever metaphor you like to use. But riding really should be a partnership and you can't build a partnership if you haven't built a relationship and you can't build a relationship if you haven't learned how to communicate and you can't communicate if you haven't learned how to listen and listening with horses means observing. Wow. And here we are. That's pretty good. So that's what we're after. And that's what we're talking about. And beginner's mind is the answer. It allows us to observe. It allows us to see things from a fresh perspective. And that's what it's about. Yeah. And it's great because it takes all the pressure off of you and it takes the pressure off of your horse. That's how we release tension. That's how we stay soft, relaxed. And that's what it's all about. Releasing tension, connecting, building relationship. Yeah. That's it. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate you being here with us today. And until next time, may the horse be with you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.